0: Searching for the best way to protect passwords and privileged accounts? Thycotic empowers security and IT operation teams to discover, secure, and manage all types of privileged accounts with the fastest time to value of any privileged access management solution. Get up and running fast with solutions for privileged account discovery, turnkey installation, automation, auditing, and reporting tools with Thycotic's free 30-day trial. Thycotic, the fastest-growing PAM provider in the market, available both on-premise and in the cloud. Get started today with a free Thycotic secret server trial at securityweekly.com forward slash thychotic. Today's networks are changing fast and employees, devices, and infrastructures are more distributed than ever. Gigamon Threat Insight is a cloud-native, high-velocity network detection and response solution that's purpose-built to enable you to get in front of this transformation, discover hidden network threats, automate security investigations, and optimize security workflows to stay a step ahead of attackers with Gigamon Threat Insight. Learn more at securityweekly.com forward slash gigamon. Do you worry about ransomware, data breaches, reputation damage, especially from phishing attacks, on employees working from home? The facts are top cloud security tools have a 15% failure rate. 51% of phishing is social media based. Pixum knows because Pixum detects and stops breaches at point of click. Pixum's AI real-time solution detects actual fraud happening in a browser and stops it. Know your real security gaps. Get a phishing actualization test free at securityweekly.com forward slash Pixum. That's P-I-X-M welcome back everyone to enterprise security weekly we're more than happy to announce that we'll be at infosec world 2021 in person October 25th through the 27th. This year, our annual partnership with InfoSec World is extra special as we are both business units under the Cyber Risk Alliance. What does that mean for Security Weekly listeners and InfoSec World attendees? You get to see and hear from many of us at the Security Weekly team. And at the event, you will save 20% off your World Pass. Please visit securityweekly.com forward slash ISW. 2021 and uh, you using that link you'll register with our discount code. This segment is sponsored by Tanium. For folks that want to learn more, you can visit securityweekly.com forward slash Tanium. Russell Frum is an enterprise services integration engineer lead at tanium before moving from the defensive side of cybersecurity, russ had eight years of experience including being a principal network engineer where he worked to build the first public cloud infrastructure for north america's largest wireless telecommunications carrier today he joins us to talk through a holistic approach to security using the tanium platform approach russ welcome to enterprise security weekly
1: thank you happy to be here Um, i'm a big huge fan of the show love the discussions that we have and uh, just here to, you know, talk a little bit more about the security side of Tanium.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Glad to hear that. Yeah, it's interesting. When I first was briefed on Tanium, I don't even remember where where I was or where I was working. But I remember, like, really digging into, I think I might have done a demo with them or something, to, like, understand how it worked. And I did, that was several years ago, right, get that impression, that there was a, some cool security use cases there. Um, but that it was focused on, <coughs> excuse me, the infrastructure Uh, kind of side of it. But you're here today to say that there's a lot more focus and a lot more holistic approach to incorporate both security and operations in the Tanium platform, correct?
1: Correct. That's right. Uh, So a lot of people have their first experience with Tanium, like, oh, I heard it can patch machines or it can update software. And that is true. But the other part of it is that You know, the Tanium platform really brings both the operational side and the security side of the houses together, Uh, because really it's it's a bit of everybody's responsibility. And a lot of people experiencing it does so many different things um, out there, sensitive data discovery. Uh, You know, going into performing investigations, which is really a part of Tanium that I think hasn't been, you know, highlighted before um, on Security Weekly and uh, the part that I, you know, would love to dig into and show you a little bit about how it works and why it works. But the great thing about it is that it is incredibly flexible, it's incredibly fast, and it allows, um, you know, threat, uh, where I worked was mostly an incident response and in SOX. And allow them to really get their job done faster and easier. When they're in the middle of an incident, and they need reliable, fast information. Uh, that's where incident responders, particularly, really love Tanium.
0: Does it also help in, like, before you know how you have an incident in that detection phase to understand that, oh, wait, I do have an incident and then provide more information? Right? It seemed to me like it was uh, uh, kind of helping it more than just a few different phases. It helps in the beginning phases as well, discovery.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, standard capabilities there um, around doing such as Yara scans, taking in um, IOCs, uh, getting those detections out there. Uh, That is something that we're well known for doing with threat response. But where we really find where um, when I work with organizations uh, at Tanium, where they really get excited saying, wow, it was so easy for me to grab and find this data um, and to find out, you know, I want to know just about this random file, this random hash. I want to go out there and explore and see. um, Maybe I just want to see what what processes are being injected into other processes. I want to just not be able to worry about what I can find. I just want to find whatever I need, whenever I need it, quickly and easily.
0: Adrian, I know you've spent a lot of time in this space.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's... You know, I, I I think it was intended from the beginning, you know, that Tanium would have these modules that you'd have this uh, basically this one agent, you know, that can gather all this data and, and then a whole bunch of different use cases of things that you can do with that data. And, and you know, that that's always a you know, really compelling selling point, you know, because you've got a product here where, you know, people only have to do the implementation once. You know, they don't have to worry about buying a bunch of point products, adding more agents to the systems, having more consoles to you know, to manage these things. And, and, you know, as far as endpoint goes, you know, threat detection and and the security side of things, it's always been tied pretty closely to asset discovery and management, you know, because a lot of what you need, uh, you know, to, to work incidents, uh, you know, you also just need to, to manage these things, you know, what software's on them, you know, what versions you know, um, you, the whole vulnerability life cycle, you know, and, and asset life cycle are very closely tied together.
1: Mm. Yeah, absolutely agree. And a lot of that data, when you think about it, um, especially around your assets, I think a lot of organizations today struggle with having reliable information about the assets in their environment. They may settle it for it being 80% accurate. And for us, that really, you know, is kind of a shock to us. We're like, why isn't it 95 97 99% accurate? Would you want to have 80% you know, 80% accurate financial statements? No. And really working on the security side, it's very important for you to have you know, accurate information of what is the configuration of this endpoint what is the software that's on it and i need that to be up to date and need it to be accurate so that i know what's on there because we never know when the next you know um you know big i'll say zero day drops and you're like hey were we running that software that uh just had a patch out for it and with tanium it we make it very easy for you to find that out within seconds that's mainly where you know really big reason why i came to tanium is because Um, I worked a lot in the field as a security practitioner and used a lot of different tools that were out there, Um, you know, Sims and other security endpoint products. And what always frustrated me is that a lot of tools out there will tell you that you have a problem and that you need to go fix it, especially with, you know, outdated software uh, that needs to be patched or operating system patches. And Team was the first piece of software that I use that number one was actually fast I didn't get frustrated waiting at a console waiting for an answer to what I, I would think is a simple question, but also that when it told me, Hey, I need to do something about this, um, go use something else to get that done. I don't have to do that. I can actually swing right. over. I can go and patch, uh, the operating system. I can go ahead and update the software if I need to. Um, it doesn't just show you that there's problems. You can pivot around get the information you need. And then from the same console, Go out there and actually patch it and fix the root cause of the problem.
0: Did you have so, a? Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah, I just had one quick question. So, can you talk a little bit about the
2: the current state of Tanium with regards to being beyond endpoint? Um, you know, workloads, cloud workloads, and and other assets. Um, where does where does Tanium's reach currently reside?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a that's an excellent uh, question. Especially now, we see um, a lot of. Organizations are in some type of either cloud first or hybrid cloud kind of deployment phase. So, what right now where we're at is where we can give our customers visibility into their cloud workloads and into the containers that they have out there. Um, that is right now the advanced content. We're going to have more out uh, soon to give you even more more visibility and control there. But right now, it's visibility of hey, what are my containers? Where are they running? So that even though they might be kind of you know spinning up and down during the day, especially if it's you know developers doing development work, kind of keeping an eye on what's going on, because that that is really the core of what PNEM you know does for enterprises is give you this visibility into what's going on and then the control to say if some of that data that I found out or while well, investigating something that looks odd or anomalous, I need to take an action. I can go ahead and do that. So I can kill that process. Um, I can kill what i see that basically is bad in the environment from a high level so right now we're on visibility uh, we are actually that is a big focus now to getting even more and more control in that area
0: russell did you also have a, a demo for this segment yeah yeah i'm happy
1: to jump in and show you a little bit about what the console um, is and how it works uh, i have it right up here so as always awesome. with uh, using Zoom. Uh, switching over is always uh, a bit of fun here. All right, so I'm going to pop up into share. There we go. Hopefully, you're seeing something that yes, sir, looks pretty, uh, oh, pretty realistic here. So I've got an environment here that I've set up. Um, there is um, an incident that happened here, actually, with several machines, but this is really the core of what we're doing here. So you know, some some people call this you know, kind of the enterprise search uh, function for the enterprise. So you can type in what you're looking for here and, and get back, you know, an instant response. And that's really where we see a lot uh, where a lot of customers get a lot of data out of um, Tanium. It's just, I can ask a simple question, like, you know, what are the, what's the computer names of what's out there and get that back. But for this, I'm actually going to focus over on threat response. You can see there's a lot of different uh, modules that Tanium focuses on, but for this demo, I'm really going to focus on threat response. And let's say there was recently um, a phishing attempt in this organization. Um, the help desk actually got fished. Uh, why? Well, because they were, you know, a nice target. They happen to have um, some access in this organization. So I'm going to jump into here. Let's say here that um, this end post user reported that some type of tool was executed on their machine. Um, someone called them and said, "Hey." I, Everything sounded legitimate. I need you to run this. You ran it. The computer started acting weird. You just said, I I think it was something I I saw for a second, something uh, that was admin tool-ish. So here, this is actually a snapshot of that machine that's been taken offline. You can take that machine offline um, or just quarantine it with Tanium as well because we are controlling the endpoint. We're on the endpoint. We see everything that's going on. So this is a snapshot of that system. And from here, this is really kind of your flight data recorder. It shows you... What happened on there, it's an independent record of what happened there. And we've got a couple different categories here. But for here, I know that from just a brief description, I'm going to take a, a look here and just say command line contains, and we're going to go with, you know, admin and see what comes up on this machine. So we see here, and the user that reported this, uh, you know, it was, was a help desk user. So we see that quite a bit happened here. It looks like something was downloaded. Administrator tool, try this tool. So this is, you know, what the interface looks like when you're investigating events that happened on a machine. And, you know, there's lots of different categories that we use here to help make it easy for people to go ahead and and take a look and and see, you know, what happened, why did it happen. Kind of answer those questions when you're in an instant response scenario. So I'm going to go down here. Quick question for you.
2: Yeah. Um, You know, it looks like you have all the components uh, of an EDR Tool here, uh, but y- you don't use the term EDR. It looks like uh, like in the marketing and messaging. I mean, w- yeah. would you consider this an and you know a competitor to other EDR products?
1: So we, we actually don't consider ourselves a uh, competitor to, to EDR or EPP products that are out there. Um, we think a much, um, the way that we do it is adjacent. We help the best teams get better. Where we find that we bring a lot of value to teams is, you know, obviously we have team on there can see what's going on and can help make sure that um, your EDR toolset is running healthy. But the extra value is in the flexibility of what we're able to do and go beyond um, what what you're seeing there? So no, we don't really talk about you know EDR in a lot of our marketing. Uh, that's because we really think of ourselves as EDR adjacent and being a value add there.
0: Um, yeah, a lot the, of that the EDR functionality, Russ, seems to me as a feature, and I think the more holistic approach allows you to have both security and your operations working off the same the same platform and providing value to both those teams.
1: Absolutely, you, you nailed it there. So, and I'm going to, you know, kind of jump in here a little bit. But let's say here, I, I went to what I think is the start of what happened here, and we see plenty of badness here. But starting out, we see okay, PowerShell administrator tool. Right from here, you know, I can type this out manually, but it'll do it for me and say, hey, if this was malicious hash, I can instantly search my entire environment for this hash, start scoping the incident. Or just look and see, hey, by the way, did this land anywhere else? Maybe more than one person uh, was fished here. Makes it very easy. And then um, I'll go ahead and bring up here what the actual interface looks like. Um, You know, this is very EDR-ish is what you see. We see some living off the land activity here using certain tool, download some additional files. Um, In addition, some of the other things that we saw here that I'll bring up is that they downloaded some additional tools, and we see they actually attacked another um, device here a uh, device called you know, Pythagoras Enterprise Local, machine account Pythagoras. You can see here command zero logon. Uh, they might not be this nice to us, but now we know, okay, they were actually looking at exploiting a vulnerability from another unpatched machine here. And here's where I think the real value comes in, because now if I pivot a little bit, let's go take a look here and say, okay, Number one is this, this machine, is it actually online now? What is it doing? And that's a quick and easy thing for me to answer um, because I can actually go back here to Tanium. Let's go back to our homepage and say, you know, there's actually been using this a bit, you know, there's always more than one way to get an answer. But I can just say, kind of like how we started out, what is out there right now on the network? Now you might say, well, what if that machine recently went offline? That's okay, we've got cached information as well. So we see here, that machine here actually is, is on the network and is still on the network now. So now you know, okay, this is real machine that's on here, I may have, you know, a million plus systems out there, I know that that's real. Other questions that might come up related to this go, um, what machines are actually vulnerable to this type of tech, so I can actually say I'm looking for, you know, 2020, 1472, and It's going to parse out and say, you know, this really looks like something else you've typed earlier. And actually, in this case, it's right. I want to know how many other machines are vulnerable to this across my network. Now, there's still investigation going on the side. I'm kind of thinking about using everything I can here to not only see what other systems are vulnerable to, but also start working at actually fixing the core problem, which is which machines are unpatched, don't have the right settings. So I'm starting to get responses here.
0: Yeah, Russ, I, I also, I like the the not the right settings thing, right? Because I find when attackers are going after Active Directory, yeah, they'll use the exploits and vulnerabilities, right? But mostly they're living off the land and taking advantage of configuration. And it sounds like, from what I remember from Tanium, you can find those systems configured in a specific way as well. that could be, you know, air courts vulnerable, right? But not necessarily missing a patch. Yeah,
1: that's the great thing about this about the TNM platform is that it is extendable for there. Um, actually, for this, what I just typed in here, we make it easy for someone to use who may be straight out of college to start working their first SOC analyst job. But we put the source code for everything you see here right in the product. You can take it, you can copy it, you can also create your own. We support a, a variety of languages as well. So that's why anything that you can query on an endpoint is very easy Um, to really automate with Tanium so that now anyone can get this information, even if they aren't a coder or a scripter, but a lot of security people are. Um, If there's a way to get this information out of an endpoint, you can get it out of there with Tanium. You can format it like this. And of course, I can export this data. I can send it in an email. I can create a scheduled job to send this out. I can put this into a data lake. Um, It's your data. You own it. We're just helping bring that visibility of what's going on Um, to your attention and if you need to take action based on this we allow you to do that as well so for instance here i see that one system came up partially mitigated now i can do a couple things here Um, nice thing about teams they can answer questions before i know really what i want to ask what i mean by that here is that you know it didn't know here that i was going to ask this and then say maybe i want to know which computer that was i can drill down get that information i can also find out who's on that machine and say, okay, is this, do I need to now worry about that user and look at lateral risk? That's something um, if we have time here, I'll jump into a little bit later. But let's say I want to fix the problem here and say I want to fix this registry setting. So here, deploying an action. An action is just how we say deploying, you know, a change to a system. So right here, now we have a, a you know a tremendous number of actions that we can take, but I want to set a value. I would just type in the key, the value value that I actually want there, and then, you know, probably set it to um, a reg D word. And I can do this all within the same console. If I'm empowered to, I can make this change very, very quickly. And we find this, that this is drastically simpler than how a lot of security teams, and definitely from my own personal experience, um, have to respond to incidents. you typically jumping from console to tool, waiting for responses, with Tany that's all right there in front of you. Uh, so that's how, you know, Going back to the beginning, how we bring both sides of the house together, both the ops side and the security side, this is how it all works. We're all using you know, the same type of workflow. So if I wanted to here, I'll just preview it and I could deploy this out. Of course, there's RBAC controls and um, if you go through change controls, you can go through that as well. But you've got the power here and it's a lot simpler and easier uh, workflow than a lot I think a lot of organizations have today.
2: So if you had another module like the comply module or something like that um, well I see you've got the CVE you know like, like this this is all based on a CV you know is it, how, how much is this different data available to different um, modules here you know is it is it all you know when I do explore data is that is that covering all my modules or, or is there some pivoting you have to do?
1: So we actually build them natively to, to work together. Um, so a great thing you brought up here with Comply is you know we're also able to scan for vulnerabilities and misconfigurations. So we you know support CIS configuration standards as well as scanning for vulnerabilities. But here, I'll just pull up here a vulnerability report that I have um, here for on, on some machines, a mix of Windows servers, CentOS 7 boxes. Um, that comes up as well, but we do work together. So for instance here. I can bring up you know a report. I can see that I've got vulnerabilities on some of my servers. But the really powerful thing here is that we take this data and and let these modules work together. So I'm going to go down here and I'm going to find you know a one of these that let's say I, I pick this one here. I've got you know pretty high CVSS score, and I want to go ahead and patch it. I can take this from a vulnerability scan. I can actually click on that and it's going to take me to the other module the patching module the one for patching operating systems it's going to pass over that information and say if you want to go ahead and fix this problem fix this vulnerability um, and in this case we've got a couple CVEs here listed it will bring us over here and i can start kicking this off on install and start pushing this out to the systems that need it so yes they all work together
2: And you mentioned RBAC, if I don't want my security team pushing patches, because in most cases, (laughs) I assume you probably don't want your security team doing that.
1: Yeah, we have a a great feature called action approval. So even if they say, yeah, do it, someone else still has to look at it before the platform will let that go out. So they can hit install all they want. It's going to go into an approval queue. They can strongly suggest.
0: Right.
2: Can you do that with
0: with configuration as well, Russ? In other words, what if I want to remove all domain admin users from local admin groups on all my Windows systems? Yeah. That's a pretty common um, task, right?
1: Yeah, use the terminology correctly, that anything that changes a setting is an action. Mm -hmm. So when I say there's action approval, to take any action, it needs to be approved. So yes, if it's changing um, a setting on a machine, um, the other half of it that we call when you execute... Um, you know, the source code on machines, we call that sensors, but that's just grabbing data, you're not actually changing anything. So when I'm asking a question here, and there's, you know, thousands of questions I could ask here, um, I'm actually just you know executing the source code to get that information back and it's formatting it for me and i can of course save these questions i can automate them so that they're coming back repeatedly
0: yeah that was my next question russ i want to be able to say like notify me if any domain admin users end up in the local admin groups because i can do that one time but i know that my admins are sneaky and they're going to go do that and then that's a really bad thing when it comes to security and I want to know that. happens. Yeah,
1: that actually comes up quite a bit. We see that with several Mm -hmm. different organizations. We actually put in a feature just for that so we can actually pull continuously um, the admins that are getting added and we use uh, what we call the connect module uh, just because it will take any of this data. All we're doing is taking your data of uh, whatever you want to pull from these endpoints, sending it to a sinkhole or to an email report or to a sim, wherever you want to take it. But we actually have a nice advanced feature in here just for that use case. What we're able to do um, is actually to filter here what comes in. So if I go down here, let's say I've got um, you know a saved question, I'll just pick one here uh, that's available. Um, I'm going to just pick one, maybe eighty query um last login user it's not the exact one here yeah, but yeah. it's it's pretty close but i can add a filter here um i can use a regex or what exactly what you want for your use case what we call a new items filter what it does is it makes sure that for whatever data i'm pulling it will take out data it's seen before and only show you the changes mm. you control how long that is um how long it's going to look back and remember that you can always clear it and reset it but it will go ahead and take that data that I'm pulling and say, I'm only going to send you a change. So if you have a new admin user, either in a group or on a machine and you want to send that to maybe your security team, or you just want to send that uh, to your SIM, we can do that. And I I can just do it now. It's, that's the, the power of the platform. And And are the breadth
2: on my, sorry, go ahead, Tyler. Yeah. I was just going to ask the breadth of, um, the presentation of dashboards. Do you have configurable dashboards that all this stuff can roll into?
1: Absolutely. Uh, we actually have quite a few. I, I'll show you one that actually I prepped. Um, it's got a little bit of actually some of the some tools that I use with with cu- customers to kind of threat hunt a little bit. Um, we call it the trends module, and it basically again it's taking your data and putting it into you know graphs. And so we've got a variety of different boards. We've got um, we've got a lot of you know, modules here, we're not going to go through all of them. But let's say I'm looking for threat discovery. I've got a list of boards here that I'm using to discover what's going on in customers environments. So one that that I use that I highly recommend, it's actually one of my favorites, you see, we've got a lot here that we've been building and working on and they're starting to populate data of suspicious information, It, it might not be malicious, but in most cases, it's odd. But my favorite by far, and it, it still, you know, kind of gets me to this day. It is really just looking at external connections and what's going out. So it's this one right here: PowerShell connection to web ports. I can have that sent out, you know, automatically and say, you know, when somebody spins up, you know, any type of PowerShell script in the environment and it's going out to remote IP. And of course, I can um, I can create a list of IPs I don't care about, you know, internal IPs, et cetera. But if they're going out to the web, and that's not something that I expected. I can look at this graph or I can go ahead and run or go ahead and get more information about it. And usually where these are is a kickoff point to where this is kind of telling you what you want to know. Now I can kick off with a question and say, well, tell me about that IP address that you contacted. Tell me about that domain that you contacted. Okay. Tell me about who's running on that system. What was the parent process? Does anything here look off? Um, And I think that that's really just using these native capabilities to get this data and get it easily.
2: So, just putting on my my change control hat, um, you know, let, let let's say we remove all those domain admins from from local groups, you know, and then uh, five minutes later, people start screaming because it it, it broke something. Um, how how easy is it to undo some of these changes? Like if you make like a mass change like that?
1: Yeah. So we we actually. Um, I can bring this up again when we were looking at actually patching. We actually do the same thing for patches. A bad patch goes out and it ends up breaking some enterprise application and we got to pull it back. Um, or maybe it's not a perfect patch on first release um, and it has some some issues. Um, so yeah, for patches, we can pull them right back. Uh, let's say a change was done to users. So is that's the that's the kind of advantage here is that as fast as I can make changes, I can go ahead and say, okay, I want to do something different. Um, as far as an undo, I mean, once a script, once a source code is executed, it's executed there. But if we know what we did, we can go ahead and pull that back. We want to add people in just as fast as I can take people out. I can put them back in. That's not a problem at all. Okay. So as far as like a, like a you know, a normal kind of, um, you know, a rollback with that, as long as you know what the users are, yeah, we can put them right back in. <clears throat>
0: Russ, was there anything else you wanted to share with our, our audience in terms of the demo to make sure we didn't <clears throat> miss anything that was critical?
1: Yeah, one thing that I wanted to bring out too is that we actually, you know, put in quite a few things in here that are that we we really give out for free to Tanium customers. One of them is reputation, um, which is allowing us to continuously check all the hashes in my environment that are running, so processes, files, and check that against external. Uh, services like Virus Total and say, hey, does anyone, has anyone said it out there that this is malicious? Um, we actually saw this earlier. This was native to the console. Um, and also, one other thing that I want to bring up here is another free thing that we've given out to our customers, which is impact, which is showing you lateral movement. So if you want to see all the different ways for someone to get to, let's say, um, domain admin user, how would they do that? this allows you to do that. So this is kind of taking a you know what used to be for strictly an offensive tool, but using it for, for a defensive uh, mindset. So I've got domain admins. I'm going to say I want inbound access to it here. And the great thing about this is that we can show you this too in your environment. So we have um, hands-free pre that we do now. Tanium does run in the cloud. Um, it can run on-prem as well, but you can do a test drive of Tanium, um, to do a hands free POC. So, if you want to t- take a look at your environment and say, I wonder what type of lateral movement risk I have for someone getting up to domain admin, or if somebody wanted to get up to become like the CFO um, or CEO's machine, what are the attack paths that would get me there? Um, this is a great tool to kind of bring those lateral, um, you know, lateral type of attacks throughout your environment. It's also really good for prioritizing alerts that come in. So, say, Okay, which machine, if it was compromised, would have the biggest impact on my environment? But uh, the best thing to do that we always say is like, you know, like what I'm doing now, let me not, you know, I'll I'll talk about what we can do, but I'd rather show you it in your environment. That's where really the rubber meets the road. And, um, you know, with hands free POCs at try.tanium.com, all you need is an email address to get started. And you can be doing this in your environment. You could be patching, you could be investigating machines. Um, what was just mentioned earlier, we can go ahead and change which users are either local admins, or if we're on enough machines, actually change entire groups. So there's um, a lot of capabilities there, but uh, that's the main thing that I that I wanted to, to show here, and as well that we stay up to date. So for instance, um, the big thing that everyone's talking about right now is Polkit. So with us, you know, let's say some Beats down, you know, Beats down the door to the security team, and and says, hey, um, we were just asked, do we have Polkit in our environment or what do we have? With us, um, I happen to have it here. I can just ask what operating systems do I have? What's installed in is Polkit one of them? And like that, it's going out to the environment. It's gonna start asking all these endpoints here. And this data that you are seeing here, is it coming back? Is it going through middle-tier service or anything like that? We're actually pulling this directly from the machines. So I just wanted to pull this up because this is, actually relevant, I, <laughs> I just had this query ready. because um, This is something fairly recently came up. And right away, I can start getting this data and say, Okay, what do we have in our environment? And this, this was so quick and easy doing it with I think a traditional um, type CMDB or with other tools, you know, how hard would it be in your environment? How many seconds would it take to answer this question? And also to answer related questions? What machines are these on? Who's using these machines? What else is on these machines, those types of things.
0: Yeah, Russ, it's great stuff. I like it because it it covers all those aspects of security that we talk about, right? It's not just a missing patch or a misconfiguration. It's like how things are set up uh, in my environment, and it allows you to query for all those things and see how it is and then also remediate it, which is what we need.
1: Yeah, I I usually say, um, you know, from people that I work with, if you're, you know, if you're a security professional and if you're waiting for a loading screen, you need to get Try out Tanium because you don't have to wait for queries to complete and loading screens to come up. It's much, much quicker. If you don't have confidence that you have reliable data, you probably need Tanium because, with here, you should have complete 100% confidence that whatever you, data you have on your assets is actionable. You can't be in the middle of an incident, and be like, I'm not sure if this is right or not. Um, and the last thing is, you know, a lot, you know, what you mentioned here, bring it all together. If you're not waking up every morning and excited, to see what you're going to find in the environment what are you going to you know if there is badness i'm going to find it i'm going to stop it or i'm going to go into a purple team exercise or an internal red team exercise and use tanium to see what they're doing and catch them. if you're not excited to do that you need i would highly advise everyone to take a look at try.tanium.com and give it a test run and see how it works for you it's um it's what got me to work at tanium from working in the industry for several years just because you know the speed to get you visibility and control of what you see on all your equipment is really, really amazing and different from a lot of other solutions that are out there. Um, and that's, that's you know, that's really what, <laughs> that's really all what Tanium is, giving you visibility and control of your infrastructure.
0: Awesome. Ross, thank you so much for appearing on Enterprise Security Weekly. For folks that want to learn more, you can visit securityweekly.com forward slash Tanium. Coming up next is the Enterprise Security News for the week. Stick around.